distributors in the U.S. How exactly did a poor, starving boy from Cambodia build an empire and achieve his American dream? I'm Dorothy, his daughter, and your host for today's episode. Let's dive in. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Death in Cambodia, Life in America. Today, we have Robert back with us again, and we left off last episode discussing how many strokes exactly Robert had gone through. He had two strokes, and after the second stroke, he realized that it was maybe time to take a little bit of a breather and... um, and I think he took a little bit of a breather, but really, really not that much. So, Ba, welcome back. Hey, everybody. So, even after having two strokes, it didn't really seem like you were very scared. Uh, the second stroke, the doctor told me, is that your decision, either I can prescribe you a crazy calm down your head, your mind, uh, that help that kind of medication, or you can have to slow down. That's your decision. If it's the third time, come, it's happened on the third time, you might not survive. So, so I, were you scared of that? I was a little bit, not, not that much, because you got a lot of things on your plate at that time. You cannot just go and, you know, okay, one, two, three, and just take off. I, I had mean, a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility. I mean, I'm running like three, four companies at the same time. Yeah, I know. You, you were basically running four different companies at the time. I mean, so we had B&H in Northern California. We had Golden Golden Bake Bake, in Southern California. And in Southern California, you also started a box company that printed- Evergreen. Called Evergreen that printed boxes, like donut boxes, donut box manufacturer, and Mammoth. Mammoth, yes. That's the uh, blend- a drink like a powdered blend drink manufacturer. Yes. How did you manage your time between all of them? I mean, I know you mentioned last episode you basically booked your flights for whole the whole year, year. <laughs> with Southwest. <laughs> with Southwest, we're not sponsored by Southwest, but if he'd like to pay us, they can. Um, I mean, but how do you manage your time between four different companies? Because you think about people out there who usually only run one company at a time and they couldn't even do that. So like, how did you, how did you manage your time well, and your energy? Well, uh, manage my time, I believe it just, it's, it's 24 seven work. I mean, it's no time at all. And manage it, you know, I do whatever that important for the company, for these four. And I do have assistant helping me out in each company uh, and uh, that that is really helpful and system uh, you mean like team like a full team uh, full team and plus the manager mm-hmm. 
the leader mm-hmm. of each company. Mm-hmm. Most of your day, I would imagine, between four different companies then would just be basically putting out fires every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not easy. I think total employee at that time, I believe, is close to 100. I you know, so for which company? For all the company, all the different companies, all the four companies. Okay, over a, like about a hundred employees. About hundred, yeah. Okay, and uh, that's a hundred problem <laughs> every day. Uh, yep, I, I I think you know uh, that's what uh, had stroke. It's a uh, it's got to be job related, you know, because uh, you just keep pounding yourself every single minute, every day, and your body only can handle so much i i did learn that uh do i have no uh, do i have choice yes i probably do if i decide say okay one two three pull the plug i think you know i bring probably gonna be all companies gonna you know go down to the drain i mean i guess i'm I'm thinking about it now you can say like oh you can maybe pull one company or but i guess they're all related right they're all yeah they're all related they're all related it's really hard yeah but then I think, you know, on, a, on, a, on the other hand, uh, you build this, this company from your bare hand from scratch. True, very true. And then it's hard to just like, okay, let it go that easy. Right, you know? right. So, you put so much time and effort. So much time and effort to build to this point and then it's just, just walk away. No, it's, it's, it's tough. Right. What what company took most of your time? Uh, most of the company take my time is Golden Bake. Golden Bake, yes, in Southern California, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think out of all of them, that was the biggest one. Yeah, that's the the that's main. The main, uh, yeah. Besides just taking it slow a little bit, I think what you mentioned last episode, you said that you would maybe give yourself a little bit of the weekends off. Kind of. What other ways, though, did you find helped you relax through managing four companies? God, when you manage this <laughs> company, I, I don't know uh, to uh, to relax. I mean, you had your mind just constant, constant thinking, planning. It's just continue, you know, uh, even you at home but your head is still working planning for tomorrow and the next day or the next week there was no really way besides just i guess rest and sleep then that to really help you relax i usually only get four to five hours sleep the most you know what really really shocked me when i heard this Four to five hours of sleep was the same amount of sleep that he got when he was 25 years old, building shops up along Highway 99. I mean, at this point in his life, he definitely, definitely could have given himself more sleep, could have maybe kicked up his heels and at least gave himself like a full eight hours. I mean, the man was running four companies at once. Like, don't tell me that you weren't financially stable and didn't have time to sleep. But he still didn't. The man still worked as if he was 25 years old, still building and building. Maybe that's that was the key to his success. I mean, I guess you you must have had to enjoy it. Again, we keep on going back to this whole thing of you enjoying what you do, enjoying operating, enjoying working. 
Yeah, it's a hard work. It's a headache. It's a challenge, but I enjoy it. I don't want to give up. I never give up. I think you know, start from when I was little. I never give up anything. You know, if I really want something, I want to achieve something. I just want to try my best to and see it happen. See it happen. Maybe yeah. I not get it a hundred percent, but I think I probably can make it to maybe seventy percent. Did you think back then that twenty five years later you would be in the position you were at? Oh yeah, I mean you know, uh, uh, I. I'm pretty happy. I mean, you know, the the thing that turned out, so it paid off. Mm-hmm. Whatever I spent for the past 20 years in working hard as a no vacation, it's, I mean, straight 20, 25 years, not even a, a day off. Yeah. No, not even a day off. Even I'm, I'm sick. I'm st- I'm still go to bake donut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially as I remember, so wells in Houston, Texas, on yeah. Maxi Road. Oh, I I had asthma. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes the asthma, it's just, you never know. Sometimes it's just the air pollution and all that. It just kick in. But I I still have to... uh, Keep going. To keep going and go in and bake donut. Let's say you go back to who you were at 16, 17 years old. Did you believe that 25 years later, you would end up to have all this? No, I but I believe that I will. It is possible. It's a possible, and I will. I will have something. It's gonna be almost a hundred percent. You always had that confidence in you. I always have that confidence. Always, not just the business or in just anything, anything else too. I always have a very confident myself. Yes. Was there jealousy then? From the people around you, once you started getting really big, and eventually at a point where you're running four different companies, yes. How? Uh, what are some examples? For example, I think you know sometimes they, from the beginning, they supporting you, and you know because know that you uh, you uh, struggle, and you know try to build up the business, and then when you're getting bigger, and then they just look at you a uh, different person. I don't know why. If they see you, they just, just, they just want to give you problem. Besides the business, though, I mean, I'm thinking more of like your community life. Where were some of the examples of how they treated you differently in your community? Well, I think, you know, the community, if nothing related in business, I think they just look at you. Uh, uh, they respect you mm-hmm. a little bit. More, yeah. I think you know, but really depend on how you treat them too in mm-hmm. the community. Yeah. For me, I'm, I I don't need to be smarter than them. I just be as me and uh, go everywhere with the backpack with my t-shirt and jean and I'm uh, respecting them. I think you know whatever they need, I try my best to to do it and. Uh, you never were a flashy person. I know that. No, you never really no. were the type of person to like, I am CEO of four different companies or, no. you know, you, you, you never had that kind of personality. Because I think, you look at this, I can prove it to you because, you know, most of the people, they don't like you 100% when you're running business and you know, they know 
the my name, Robert Already. Chow, the owner of the uh, Golden Bake and B and H and Evergreen. I mean, you know, some people upset,、uh, you know, and then. They talk bad stuff about you, which is okay, and that's normal. I mean, you know, I'm not perfect. One day when we had a a, a wedding, and then you know we sit in the table, and then they always talk about Golden Bay, you know, because it's most of the people、uh, in Cambodian community at that time. I think most of them、uh, own a donut shop. Which is you know when they have wedding, they invite all the donut shop owner and they know each other. So I was sitting at table with them and they never never see me because I'm so busy. I mean, just like uh, uh, you know, running for a company, they run back and forth. You really don't have time to go to visit the customer because you know you have a salesperson visit the customer, right? But I never have. I never had a chance to just. I want to, but I didn't have enough time. So I think they know the name. Their name, they know. They know who own running this company, but they never see me in person. So I think that day, that night, they said, they mentioned about all、oh, mix and this and that. They said, "Oh, you know that Golden Bay、uh, owner, ah,、uh, you know, and he just like." Thinking all about money, working so hard, this and that, and then he said,、uh, "I I don't think they have a good life because you know I don't think they, I don't think he he even even see his wife or his children." And the talk go on and on and on. And you were and sitting at the table. At, no, I mean we sit at the same table.、Right. I just and then I just smile and laugh. I said, "Hey, that's what I heard too." <laughs> <laughs> I and then I applied to them. I said, "He's really crazy. <laughs> It's a crazy one." <laughs> yeah. So it、uh, eventually it's, it's happened a lot. Eventually, they probably did find out who you really were, though.、Uh, up until today, maybe only only maybe fifty percent is still never see your face. No. Yeah, fifty percent. All the gossip and all that stuff around you never bothered you. No. It did from when I was young. What do you mean? Like, like how old?、Uh, maybe twenty. Maybe、uh, when I was,、uh, you know,、uh, what twenty five, thirty years. I、know? see.、Mm-hmm. And then it just bothered you because you know you respecting them, you 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 try to help them, but it's uh, uh, it doesn't matter how much you really try, but still, it's not.、Uh, Make make them happy. I'm talking about not not just the regular customer. The custom it's customer slash friends. You know, if I have friends. You know, some time when you you go to、uh, to sell to、uh, I do delivery. I do you know when in emergency I delivery you know one or two bag. Considered as a friend, you know they need it. They always call. They always have my cell phone, and then I just throw the bag. One or two on my BMW 740i. That car destroyed in six months. That just like <laughs> uh, 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 reason why I have that 740 because when I'm starting BNH up north, I thought、uh, maybe the vendor 
look at me a little bit different way uh, because I was naive too. Sometimes I thought, you know, saw my dad doing business as always show off a little bit from the beginning and, you know, he'll call when you go to deal with all, with the manufacturer, he dress up and all of that stuff. And I thought this probably work here too, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's a different, it's completely different, maybe a little bit, I guess, you know, but it's not going to be just depend on how you dress and how you look here in America. It's how you perform and how you deliver. That's so important. It's not how you show off and then try to sell the BMW and then they're going to go and, you know, uh, uh, trash you. No, that's not how it works here. And you probably liked it better that way because that's not who you are anyway. You're exactly. not really a showing off kind of person. Yeah, I sold out cars after, you know, I mean, it's... It's only what sixty thousand miles. I sold that loss so bad. I mean, you know, we lost so much money on that one. And then uh, I dressed like a driver, delivery like a driver, and then drive the BMW. That's not match at all. I mean, you know, <laughs> just it's just terrible. And I mean, you have the fifty pound bags of flour, a in flour the back, in a bag. all over the leather seats. Not just fifty pound. <laughs> it's just like sometimes ten bag delivery for five six customers. You know. Yeah. And that customer considers my friend. I think they need it Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes I just just go into the warehouse and grab it and deliver it to them. And but that people that turn out to be today, it's not my friend. It's just the customer. Let's talk about that topic a little bit. It must have been really hard to differentiate who your customer was and who your friends were. It's really, but for me, it was easy. Because I treat everybody, I mean, as a friend. It, it's I, you know, my customer is my friend. I mean, I treat everybody just well. I'm, I'm I take it back. Some, some, some customer, I, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, really not uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, but I, yeah, I mean, the customer is the boss, right? They, the one that pay your, 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 your bill. When it turn out to be, sometime. When they need me, they call me 24-7. But when they don't need me, even the uh, price, 50 cents different. They dropped me like a hot cake. I was disappointed. This is not just regular help or needs short of the uh, short of one bag or mix. No, sometimes the equipment, sometimes all kinds of all kinds of problems in this job. I do extra mile. To help them, sometimes the mixer at night broken, and then I go extra mile to find. And then I used to have a spare because they, you know, we to to loan it to them. Other company they won't do that, no, but they don't look at that. They say because of the jealousy, I guess maybe they say the customer, uh, maybe maybe I'm a Cambodian uh, company. What I still not quite understand up until now. Sometimes I'm asking my friend, I said, why you treat the Cambodian company, I mean, it's the same community, why you treat it so bad? How did the family view you when you started getting really, really, really high up there? Uh, family, sibling, it's okay. It's fine because I raise. I'm just like the dad. 
uh, I raised all my siblings. You know, when I got to California, I think, you know, I sent two sisters and two brothers to college. Had finished, got the bachelor degree. Amanda got the, uh, you know, uh, master degree in mm -hmm. uh, pharmacist. Yeah. And Fawn, well, uh, finished high school, didn't go to college, but, you know, I think she got the uh, nurse uh, license, so she worked in the hospital. But the, uh, the youngest one um, uh, passed away, uh, Tony, uh, when he was 29. So I think, you know, the, the sibling, the family, especially mom and dad, really happy, really proud of me. I'm not just a, not just a, a person that work hard and I just build up the financial for, for the whole, whole sibling. Mm -hmm. you, you, so they look at me, they respect me a lot up until today. Probably because why was Yeye and Mama weren't around to really raise them? Or? Well, uh, they do, but I think you know. Sometimes, uh, how much, how much, the my parents know about raising kids in America. In, in America, in Cambodian, you never see them because you know I never see my dad. He he just do his thing, and then mom just stay home and cook for the children, and then that's it. Just feed you. That, that's it. I mean, you know, that's what how they raise the kids in uh, in Cambodian. I'm talking now is probably different, but I think I'm talking about 60 years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Cambodia was a very poor country. Mm-hmm. So you felt a responsibility really to kind of take on when that I role. Came, when I came here, because I have to, I have to. The, my dad and mom doesn't speak any English. English. And uh, if, if, if they go to get a job, they probably get a janitor job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, $3. Uh, three fifty an hour. How yeah. you gonna? How you gonna feed them? How you gonna raise the uh, kid? It's uh, no way. Yeah. But I was lucky that I'm running donut shop, make a little bit money, so to support to support everybody. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. No. Yeah. When you run four companies at one time, there there wasn't any tension or anything. No, they support. They they very support. I'm very happy when. I see the family supporting me, not just uh, uh, just tell me tell you the truth. Hey, you have to take care of your health. Then just chasing your money. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you hear that something like that, you feel you feel good. You feel so special. And your end goal really was the uh, plan was gonna combine north and south. And then we, as a one company, so the uh, Cambodian community, mm -hmm. that was the goal. That was the plan. And that was probably your favorite part of running North, North and South. Yes. Again, just community, bringing everybody together. Yeah. Southern California, so it's a big Cambodian community, Long Beach, Santa Ana, and, and, and they even have a parade in Cambodian uh, New Year in Long Beach every year. You were a sponsor. Yes. Sponsor of the uh, parade yeah, in Long with, Beach. Yeah, yeah. With Peter Chun, worked for NBC. He passed away three years ago. Mm -hmm. And he was a good friend of yours. He's a very good friend of mine. He supported you. Oh, yeah. When Golden Bay grand opening, I think Peter, Dr. John, and all these good friends, and the people that are from Long Beach, the guy that owned a Cambodian newspaper in Long Beach, went in there and took picture and tried to, you know, help, you know, to... Uh, do the marketing and everything for us. That made me proud. 
myself, I think, wow, I must be do something's right. How many years did Golden Bake thrive? How long? How long did it? Was it up and running before you started having problems? Uh six years, I believe. Six years. Six seven years. Six seven years. Wow. Yeah. Not less than ten years. Yes. Less than ten years. Yes, less than ten years. From the beginning, profit is not that great. You. You got some loan. You got some loan from the bank and loan from everywhere. The trucks and, uh, that you had to the pay. The truck that you had to pay. You got eighteen truck. I mean, then now you got to pay, and you know, a, a, any business from the beginning. I mean, the first five year, you're not gonna make much profit at all. Mm. So you you never started making profits until maybe your sixth year. With the sixth year, yes. The sixth year, yes. So what happened on that sixth year? Well. On the sixth year, when they started making profit, the partner want to bring another persons in, and he was convincing me to sell my share, just five percent of my share, five percent of his share, which is a total ten percent, and then sell to this guy, which he was. New to me, and I didn't know at that time. But turned out to be this guy. It's just a golden bait partner, friends, and he used this guy to stab my back. After he got the ten percent, sold it to this person, and this person turned around, sell it in paper, sell it to to him. So now he got instead of fifty 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 fifty, now fifty five forty five because I trust him so much. Because this is what my big mistake in my life. I'm easy to trust people. When I trust people, I trust people. On the sixth year, he know that this company is gonna take gonna take off so big. So that's what he did to me. So after then, I talked to my attorney. Uh, his name's David, and David advised me. Just run because you know it's nothing you can do because right now he can run the company. He can pay himself maybe a million, a million and a half for manage the company, and then he gonna claim it at loss every year. And then if you still own forty five percent, put, put money the money in and forty five percent. So I think you know you're just feeding him. So he said, just get out. Uh, that's a bigger mistake. In my entire life, and, and he robbed you. He robbed me blind. 